0: People will make fun of me for saying it, but peop- everyone in Sabah would agree on this. Like, I, I, I swear by it. And believe it or not, when you come to Saba, you must try KFC. <laughs> Whoa,
1: that, was, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> really, really brought to you by good foodie media i'm castle lim and you're listening to the foodie canteen podcast today i'm so happy to welcome the last guest of this season all the way from sabah roy chu is an entrepreneur and one of the pioneers who brought the brunch life into sabah listen in Hey Roy, welcome to the show. Oh wow, I love the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Entrepreneur, the branch live, yeah. That, that's yeah, all you
0: <laughs> so you're gonna have a live band there introducing your guests.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm waiting so I'm still cool. waiting on that day. Uh, Roy, thank you so much for making time. You you've been traveling right now, you are still traveling. Nah, nah, nah. Be- before we go back go into nah. the questions, the serious topics, like tell us how has your travels been so far to to the United States?
0: Uh yeah, I mean, is uh, amazing. is it's very educational. Um, I I love to travel. Um, and I always like I I have. I'm not sure whether everyone has this thing where you observe something when you travel related to what you're doing. And I'm like that, you know. Every every restaurant I go, like my friends, my wife always critique me like, oh, you are always, you know. Just enjoy the moment. Don't yeah, yeah. look at like the kitchen's operation. You know, don't see like how many servers they have and like start analyzing your pricing on the menu. <laughs> but that's me. Like, I mean, I enjoy doing it and that's what I do. And um, yeah, I love it. New York has changed. I, I, I've i uh, been to the States the last uh, four weeks and uh, so much has changed. Like the last four years, um, you know, I, I, I was uh, telling a friend of mine, uh, so the last time I was there, every time I have a good restaurant I went to, I'll put a star on the map, Google map, right? And uh, I'll always like, I'll record it, recommend it to friends that goes there. And uh, this time I went back and I was like, oh, well, let's go back to some of these places and half the places closed. Oh, wow. Because of <laughs> and, uh, the lockdown, uh, yeah. Right? Uh, because of I the pandemic. It's all go th- because of COVID? Yeah. Wow. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. I think most likely it is. Most likely it is. And it's been tough, like, it's been tough for the industry in general, uh, so I kind of understand. Like I, I feel, I feel for them. Uh, but at the same time, you have so many new brands that are coming up, so many new concepts, and definitely, there's. I can see uh, industry growth in the states, uh, and 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 they've gone a long way. Uh, definitely, they've gone a long way. So it's been fun, definitely. Yeah.
1: So good. I I see your trips and like the food that you post on Instagram. I'm definitely drooling. <laughs> Um, let's let's come back to Malaysia here um, for our listeners who yeah. are hearing about you for the first time you are born and raised in Sabah um, can you kind of briefly share with us who you are and, and what you do?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm born in Sabah a small town called Tawaho uh, it's the most eastern not the most it's, it's a part of eastern Malaysia I mean everyone knows East Malaysia, but it's also the East part of Sabah, which is, I guess if you're not an adventure person, it's the less happening part because everything that's to do there um, is the sea, is scuba diving. Um, there's another Eastern uh, city uh, called Sandakan. That one is, that's more like food scene there. Um, but Tao is quite a basic city. Um, it's a really small, uh, intact community, kind of like, the, the kind of town where everyone more or less knows everyone even if you don't know someone you will know someone who knows someone you know <laughs> so yeah it's one of those towns so I grew up in that that town for um, for a better part of like I think 17 years um, yeah and and did my high school there primary school there yeah and uh, but I'm not I, I'm i not there anymore I've uh, moved to Kotoginabalu since I graduated um, and I've been in, in Kiki for I think now, eleven years. So I've been back since twenty eleven. Uh, yeah. So time flies like wow, oh, eleven years. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's that's basically um, uh, where I'm from. What I do, um, I'll, my main I'll say business um, is is part of family business in construction. Um, so do consulting, construction, a bit of development here and there. Um, yeah, but, uh, otherwise, you know, I run, uh, um, some restaurants, uh, in KK. So yeah, this this there's, there's the, more or less summarize me i'm quite a simple person
1: simple person but yeah. like doing so many things <laughs> um i asked this question no, no. to all <laughs> oh, my guests this season what are some local foods our listeners must try if they ever visit like sabah Tawaw, kk something give us something
0: okay um i thought about this question a long time uh and, and people will make fun of me for saying it, but peop, everyone in Sabah would agree on this. Like, I, I, I swear by it. And believe it or not, when you come to Sabah, you must try KFC.
1: <laughs> Whoa, that was that came out of nowhere. <laughs> really,
0: really, really. I swear, like, KFC in Sabah, they, they, we have the best KFC. If, if not in Malaysia, definitely in the... I mean, it, it's definitely... Best in Malaysia. I've not been to all the KFC in the world, but for all the country, I have tried KFC. Definitely better than UK by miles. By okay, in general, Malaysia KFC is better than UK in general, right? But within Malaysia, definitely Sabah KFC is up there. Um, and and I'm not just saying I was saying, but people in Sabah would know what I'm talking about. But you definitely have to try KFC. Um, and the one in Tao is particularly
1: better. Wait, so uh, is it
0: crispier or uh, like the chicken is bigger? I think the chicken, because they source the chicken locally um, from Sabah, and I really think that we have better chickens. Like, you know, I I just simply think that our chickens are much happier, I guess. Uh, But it's definitely better quality in general than other KFCs. Yeah, so that's... uh, it. other than that, uh, if you're adventurous, uh, you can try sago worms, which is not a thing. For I mean, like we we, we don't go to dinner and say okay, I have a plate of worms, right? right so that's right, not right. that's not a thing. It's not it's not a thing, right? It's just one of those things that some of the tribes have it, and it's a tourist kind of like activity. You can just like a bite of worms. Our uh, alcohol is good, so if you're into rice. Um, liquor rice wine um, we have this thing called tapai uh, which is like a like like in a in a clay pot um, and you kind of like from a pot uh, and it's very uh, unique usually when when people it, it, within the cultures when people drink it is usually celebratory you know it's a it's a festival or not and it takes months to make and you only can you know you you, you need to order it and it's made to your order. And so it's one of those times that you get you, you know, he, and I love it. It's, it's a really good alcoholic drink if you're into that. Uh, yeah, I think besides that, uh, we have local, the same local hawker food, but uh, I think every now hawker food is so strong. I mean, I'm in Singapore now and grass is always greener, right? Singapore, <laughs> Malaysia, and know that. Yeah. Uh, I love both. You know, if you ask me which one's better, I say why compete? You know, both, both. I love, I love them both. So hawker food, they are great everywhere. So if you do come, try it out so, as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, this is some really great uh, recommendations, and KFC really shocked me. But I guess if I'm in Sabah, I, I have to go for it.
0: You have to, uh, yeah, yeah, get a bucket.
1: So you said um, <laughs> you were in Tawau and then now you're in KK, but in between you went somewhere else can you share with us where did you go for school and how was that experience for you
0: right mm, yeah I did um, secondary school in Tawang, uh you know in, a, in a, like a private Chinese school so um, if anyone knows me from, from from high school knows that I'm not the best student right I I'm I I'm put into like the science class because of what kind of like my family direction, like, okay, if you not sure what you want to do, just make sure you're in science because, you know, the Chinese family, that, right? Because the, the logic, at least at that time, now I, I would think that I have reservation on that logic, but the logic at that time is that, you know, if you study science stream, whatever you want to do in arts, whether it's accounts, finance, it can sort of be done. It's not as difficult. I mean, there was a the logic at that time, um, but the vice versa is a bit difficult. You know, if you study upstream and you want to be a doctor and all that, maybe it's a bit more difficult because the fundamentals may not be there. So long story short, Chinese family. So they say, okay, if you're not sure, just go study science. And I really hated studying. Right. So when I was in school, I, I, I mean, I was kind of fortunate enough that, um, I don't have a lot of pressure from parents to perform. Right, there's specific subjects they are more particular on. Um, language was one, so I need to do on my English, obviously, because we speak English at home. And they say, you know, Malay, uh, okay, but uh, you know, you need to have at least one strong language. So they are particular on that. Um, mathematics, um, regardless of whatever you know, kind of career you choose. Mathematics is kind of hard. so So from very young, uh, I kind of brought up to say kind of like there are certain subjects that pay more attention. Other than that, just don't do too terribly. You know what I mean? And that kind of gave me a lot of freedom. So um I definitely was not the best student, but uh I had a lot of free time. You know, my family, we, we don't have a lot of tuition. Like, most of my life I don't have like tuition tuitions and a lot of my friends like school tuition, tuition, dinner tuition, you know what I mean? Um, but not for me. And the tuitions that I do go to was my own choice. Like I would go there because um of friends going there, you know, and this I was like, Oh everyone's going to that tuition. So, you know, FOMO, right? And I just go to tuition because of socializing. So uh that kind of like my background in education, right? So When it comes to post-high school, I think uh, family-wise, they're more particular. They're like, okay, this is where education gets serious. And um, I was still messing around, right? So I really wanted to go to Australia. All my friends were there. Everyone I knew was there, all my, you know, close friends. And um, my dad was like, no, if you want to go to Australia, you can go but you can pay for your own fees I was like, I gonna pay for my own fees in Australia so that didn't work out um yeah so I went to UK uh a boarding school in in the UK so um I was say quite uh strict-ish school in comparison to my life before um boarding school right so um, you know, when I'm in high school, I, I didn't have any like curfew per se. You know, I come back whatever time I want. I go out whatever time I want. Um, and boarding school it's like 10 PM. They would check on your door and they, they come knocking and say, like, are you in a room? And you need to be alone and lights off. You cannot even like be, be like mucking around on your phone or watching a movie. You know what I mean? So unless you're studying, right. Um, yeah, so that was quite a change for me uh, in boarding school, which I think I kind of needed. Um, so that um, 18 months uh, put me in different circles of friends. Um, not to say I've done anything against like, my high school friends. I, I mean, I'm still very close to them. I'm very close with all my friends that I've made. But it's a different uh, lifestyle that is forced upon you, which I feel it was needed at that time. Yeah, so I spent um eighteen months in in college, and then I did um, my degree and then masters in the UK as well. So I spent a good part of like six years in mm-hmm. the UK. What were you studying? Um, in uni? Then I came back. Yeah. Uh yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I'm an engineer, civil structural engineer. I study civil engineering, but now um, we also do like uh, structural work as well. So won't go into too much detail. Um, but education, yes, I studied civil engineering, um, bachelor and masters. Uh, kind of fall back into like the high school lifestyle in uni, you know, where I'm not really a education. I didn't get like first class honors and whatnot. Uh, just get by like, Good, good enough to graduate. Cannot yeah.
1: kind
0: of speak. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, a, a naughty kid at heart. Nah. A naughty kid at heart. Yeah, so... Yeah, that, that was my education general. Yeah.
1: University is truly, like, the best time, you know. You don't have... You can just enjoy, make friends. Um, have professors, like, watch over you. So, you kind of have a target to, like, oh, I must yeah. score on this exam or at least pass. Um, but at the same time, you can socialize yeah. and not really have real responsibilities.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, uni was... Um, yeah, one highlight of my life, but like uh, definitely uh, explore a lot. I, I mean, I'm glad it happened the way it did. Like, if I look back now, now it's like 12 years past uni, right? If I'm like some, I mean, I think against my friends who like really did well in uni, they are doing a good job. Like, yeah. but if I had to relieve uni, I'll probably do exactly the same thing. I mean, I'm not like mucking around or anything, I'm just like enjoying the time there and doing what I love best, which is making friends, socializing. I know friends. In like every other city in in the UK, um, and I like making friends in different university, and uh, yeah. So I had a, I had a plus definitely, yeah.
1: So prior to um, going to F and B industry, what were you doing? What was your first job out of
0: uni? Hmm. Uh, I okay. Um, well, my first job I came back to work for the family, right? Um, Not, kind of, not by choice. Uh, Actually, I wanted to work in Singapore, where I'm at now. And I didn't want to be in construction. I wanted to be in banking. At that time, there was a cool job, you know, and, uh, you know, as an engineer, at that time, uh, there was a lot of banks looking for engineers for whatever reason, maybe more... I don't know risk managed kind of people. Um, yeah so I wanted to go into banking. There are a lot of banks that that were, were looking out and uh, I, I have an uncle here in Singapore who actually wanted to you know let me do that opportunity you want to book for a bank I will have a word for you and and, and hope you uh, But then my dad kind of came in and said, okay, this is a very serious decision right because if you go into banking, it's unlikely, like two years later, you're gonna come back and be an engineer or not. It's just like it just doesn't work that way, right? So, and you know, there's the idea of security, and there's the idea of like um, where the family's at and and the, I guess, um, knowing like my family is kind of like uh like how how the the parenting right the parenting style is that i i know that um it's the same you know it's not going to be i come back and like you know i'm 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 like in boarding school again because it's not it's never the case right when i was back home there's a lot of freedom for me to explore and i know if i come back there's a better chance of me like exploring other things to do um besides engineering in back home rather than if i'm in banking. In Singapore, or whatnot, or in the UK, probably that wouldn't have happened. Like, probably you, you know, it would be like a very corporate race.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: and it would be a very different outcome. Yeah. So yeah, so that's 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 how I got to where I met. Yeah.
1: So you kind of weigh out your options and see what works best for your uh, personality as well, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you weighing up the option. Yes. And uh, what I was saying um, is that, you know, no, knowing in hi- hindsight, right, knowing what has happened the last uh, 12 years um, and putting myself back in that shoe again um, as, uh, what, 23 years old, um, it would still be a difficult decision knowing what has happened already. And the reason is because uh, I was mentioning, I have quite an unhealthy level of, of confidence, right? So... <laughs> I, I guess like if, even if I did choose banking, I have that sense of confidence to say, ah, I, I think I could make it happen. Like in banking, I, I think I have what it takes to make it reasonably well in banking. Um, so although a lot have happened yes, 10 years, but a lot could have happened in, in banking. So I, I think it's, it's just one of those decisions. You just live with it and don't look back and just, just go down the journey. And believe it or not um, where I'm at today uh, as part of like the overall like company and family portfolio, I'm, I'm kind of in that position as well. So I'm, I'm looking at investment opportunity, um, managing um, funds for the company, for the family. So uh, kind of like not in banking, banking, but you know, is that part of investment banking and investment and, you know, looking at, at, at other companies, uh, and all the kind of thing. Yeah. So it kind of comes, comes around. Yeah. It comes around.
1: So how many years were you helping out with the family business before you decided to venture out and start your own FME restaurants?
0: I'm still, I'm still, yeah, I'm, right, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I, I I'll say that, uh, maybe 60% of my time to maybe to 70% oh. of my time is still in construction actually. Right, right. So, um, that is more family and and, te- and technically fnb is also family like um uh. my main partner i mean my main uh shareholder partner mm-hmm. is my brother right, right? so um, but he doesn't i mean he's a he's a financial partner like he, he gave me good advice now and then when i needed uh but he's not involved in operation um but you know it's, it's what it's not what i needed like, you know it's what mm-hmm. some someone that 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 gives me uh, good advice the time when I need it and not kind of like be, you know, like too. You get confusing, you know, when, when too many people are involved, yeah, that's right. especially in the family context. Yeah.
1: yeah. So t- tell us about the trip you took to London when you took a break with the family and oh. these ideas came about.
0: Mm. Okay, I'll say that I. Mm, Okay. Uh, I wasn't always, uh, like a, inverted the commerce foodie, like this word is very loosely used now, right? Uh, so I wouldn't classify myself as like in the foodie since young, even until uni, like in uni, um, I won't like go around the UK looking for like a treasure hunt for like, like whatever food and all that. Um... And, you know, going out with friends is very simple. You like it, you don't like it. It's good or it's not good. That's it. It's very simple kind of like critique and comments on on the place, right? Uh, And I'll say that that really changed maybe in 2012. After I graduated, um, I went to Australia, um, not for the first time, like for, for the first time in adulthood. I've been to Australia when I was like kids, right? So for the first time in adulthood, I was there for a conference and, um, that really completely, um, enlightened me in terms of Korean food, drinks. And it was quite a, like mind blown kind of situation. Like I never knew like coffee could taste the way it did and cocktails could be made the way it did. You know, I had cocktails in the UK, right? But they there are cocktails and they are cocktails, right? So... Um it really intrigued me like, like how um like Australians um they're they're so progressive and they're so casual about it. They're not nauseous about it. Like you can they're not like snobbish about their food, right? It's just so casual for them. It's it's like it's like everyday food, every other um, cafe or restaurant is is trying their best to do what they do. Um and there's so much pride quite a lot of pride in in, in in what they were doing. And and that was when I, I would say was the light switch that not to say get into the business, but to really appreciate food at a different angle, I say. Um yeah, so that, that that was really interesting. Really enjoyed my time and um and, and the funny thing is uh that, that year I was traveling quite a bit because um, I was young in the business, one year in, right? And I don't have too many responsibilities per se. I was just like another staff. You know, I went in there like a fresh grad, work like anyone else, take leave like anyone else. Don't have. I'm not like a project in charge, or you know, I, I. I'm just like anyone else. So I I start out from zero. So because of that, um, uh, the the responsibility for me was not as large. Um, comparatively now, and it allowed me to take some time off. So after Australia, I went to Africa, right, for a mission trip, and that really like also I mean that year was was life changing for you know I me. Mean? Like I'm looking at from from Australia to like Africa because it's mission trip. I see quite a bit of like the different side of the world. Where, I mean, um, you know, it, it's it's really different, but yet. Uh, for the joyful moments I see in in the community in Africa, right, uh, this is South Africa in Johannesburg and some of the outskirts. And something that really struck me, and I know is is you know you hear it a lot, but you you don't really understand how much it means until you see it for yourself. And is that you know when people say food bring people together, right? It cannot be better illustrated in any other culture than the African culture. Like how um, in in a very basic or um, unfortunate or poor kind of a situation, um, that when there's food, right, you can see that, you know, people kind of like put whatever sorrows they're going through, whatever hardship, and they just enjoy the moment when there's food. And all the deep memory I had of my trips are all around evolving around food. not to say that nothing specific on the food, but it's the, is it's the, it's the situation of communal eating, right. That kind of like bring a very um, connected kind of relationship with the person you're eating. So it's, it, that's why when, when people say that, you know, if you're having an argument, for example, um, with a friend and all that kind of thing, um, or if anyone, a family member and you're at a dining table, so the obvious thing that that the repercussion is that I lost my appetite, you know. So the idea of like like eating together in a communal manner, uh, it really cannot the emotion side, right? It cannot be uh, it cannot be detached. Like it's always a positive emotion, right? Uh, so that whole year was very eye opening for me. I'm observing like um, cultures food the technical side of it and moving on uh, your question on 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 london that was the year after i think we decided like okay um we we want deep thing and i mean i fell in love with coffee um and that's when yeah uh when i was in london for a family vacation me and my brother we took a coffee course to learn how to make coffee at that time not really with the intention to open a cafe it's kind of like you know, because like, you know, I kind of like the enlightened, right, so-called. Um, and since then, we, we we take our meals more seriously. Every time we, we, family, going out, vacation, we plan a meal, we like, okay, let's let's make this meal count. Let's see where we want to go. You know, that type of thing. Uh, now very common to everyone else. And yeah, so that was a time where, you know, me and my brother was like, okay, let's, we have a long vacation. This is like some learn to make some coffee and and that was how it started yeah
1: so um for each business um i'm i know that you have five under you that's adelphi pound jojo gastro um, bar the fat pet and pizza bros two of them are cloud kitchen it's
0: complicated
1: hey. <laughs> it's
0: complicated yeah wait my question is <laughs> yeah. you have different business partners
1: kitchen. for all this all these restaurants you
0: not all five. Uh okay, so Adelphi is undergoing a rebranding. I think I mentioned to you. Uh there's a name ready we settled on, but I won't mention it. Uh it's still it's still, it's still refining. Yeah, still refining. Um yeah, but Adelphi uh I quite I, I the which is our very first store, right? Adelphi is our first twenty fifteen. Uh, it's undergone a rebranding process, and it's always been like radio and is structured to us and like we. It's the kind of store that we we do whatever we want, right? And um, we have the opportunity to be a bit more experimental, and um, yeah. So so that, that that's Adelphi. Um, we have Pound, which we have, as you mentioned, we have other partners there. Um, we we are um, like the operator for, for the outlet. Means we, we plan the brand, we, we run the restaurant, um, and as you mentioned, we have JoJo, the one that just opened. Yeah, and the other two are club brands. So, um, yeah, currently five, uh, and we we have a few more in the pipeline. Uh, yeah, it has been keeping yeah, he's been keeping us busy definitely. Yeah,
1: and what's your role in this businesses?
0: That's a good question. Um, I think you see we from day one right we've really been trying to build a team we we I I had a vision um I mean my vision for the business right in in uh, from the start is quite a a long- term. Uh, vision. And then this idea of visions, right? If if a if a vision is achievable by a specific time, I I, I won't say that's a vision. It's kind of like progressively um you know you kind of always achieving um that vision even in a hundred years. Say the business lasts a hundred years, right? Um yeah so uh we we, we we had a we we had a vision um for the brand uh uh from the start. Right. And, um, we, we knew we needed a team, uh, me and my, my operational partner. Um, and I think until today, I will say that my role is really, you know, FNB is really not a food business. I I always tell people FNB is really a people business. You know, if you understand people, You can do well in the food company, uh, in the food business, in in hospitality in general, right? Hospitality in general. So when I say what I mean by people business, meaning that you know it's about understanding your customer, they are people. It's about understanding um, your partners, they are people. It's about understanding your team members, your 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 servers, your waiter, they are people, right? It's under it's about understanding your financial um, partners or your shareholders they are people. So I would think that well if, if you take a step back, I guess all, all business are people business, are, right? Um but especially in FMB, there's a lot of them, right? It's not like um there are some companies like mm, I'm not in the tech world, but I guess like some tech companies, they can run a really big company with like 12% or 20%, the small 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 people. So you're managing lesser people for us. We, we have a group of like hundred staff in our company, right? There's so many people to manage and all our customer and all this. So, um, yeah, I guess my role is really to, um, to really kind of like build a team, um, that shares, um, the same value value of, 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 of the company and, Um, maybe in a nutshell, I will say that my role is to build or to um, curate more leaders. I think that that will be my nutshell. uh, Yeah, I guess that that, that I will say that will be my role.
1: Let's talk a bit more about Adelphi. That's your first restaurant and... um you guys decided to close it down permanently this year, rebranding, uh, going through the rebranding process. Mm-hmm. Um, bring us back to the beginning because I, I know that the name, um, how it came up with the name it was a very interesting process and what it meant. Yes. Share with us a bit.
0: Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a good transition, actually. Um, you know, Delphi... Um, What's the name that we thought of in 2014? I think it was a uh, uh, winter in 2014. It was a separate trip, um, again to the UK with my my family. And uh, at that time, December 2014, we were really you know it was at that point where we knew that there's a there's a um, FMB project that we want to venture into, right? So we were thinking about it was very early on. You know, we were thinking about names. We were thinking about structure we're thinking about how we want to do it uh and it was very preliminary kind of idea you know it's not very concrete kind of idea so we were like talking about names and we were in this um i'll say i think it's a french restaurant or something um I, uh, somewhere in, i think if i'm not mistaken, trafalgar square and uh would in this uh upper floor of, like a french bistro right and we're thinking about names and we shot this many. We have like twenty names, right? Um, so we're trying to convince each other, like why should we go for why should we should go there that? Nothing quite stick. Um, then we look out the window, quite cliche, I guess. Look out the window and we saw the Adelphi Theatre, which is um it is a musical theatre um, in in London, right? I was it? Adelphi, like a Delphi, well, like what quite a funny sounding name. Ad- Delphi, right? It's not a word that you hear frequently, right? And it's quite, you know, a Delphi. Then the more we say it, like, it doesn't quite roll out the tongue at first, but once the more we say it, like the more we kind of it speaks to us. And when we dig uh deeper into the meaning behind it, it was quite profound. You know, it's it's the Greek meaning of brothers. And this project is is basically me and my brother. Um, mostly, you know, um, studying this together and, uh, and, 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 and the, 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 original meaning of, of, the being Greek, right. It's not just like blood brothers, right. It's like how, uh, colloquially now we use like broke, like everyone's a bro, right. Anyone who's a guy, I was a bro. Like, and, and in that time, it, I mean, the, so, so ancient Greek, uh, per se they already have that term, like, this is what they call, like, a bro, like, it's, you know, it's not like, uh, blood. it can be used for blood brothers, but it's also the sense of brotherhood, you know, it's a sense of brotherhood, and that relationship of brotherhood, and I think that was quite profound, like, hey, it is quite profound, you know, first of all, we are blood brothers, and we wanted this brand to have that sense in the community where we are, you know, that that level of Relationship within the committee as like a bros. These are like you know the committee is like my bros are kind of like that. Uh, so so yeah. So that's that's how we came out with the name of the LC. Yeah.
1: So you guys were the f- what first second branch spot in Saba, am I right?
0: No, uh, I would not dare say that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there were a few. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were a few, but not many lah. I'll say not many and. Definitely, you know, I, as I shared, like, my initial inspiration from it's quite this is quite brunchy, And that's why we started off, you know, we started off wanting to be, like, uh, actually, it started off very simple. Like, this is a funny story. yeah. So, it started off, actually, um, we just want, remember we love coffee, right? We want to get a coffee machine, uh, I mean, for work, right? For company. We didn't know much about it found out that okay this thing is gonna cause like a good part of like the hundred thousand you know uh, like a proper like menu machine plus that. Uh, I mean and, and all that now right um and, and and to set up the counters and things like that. Uh, and obviously it's no go, like you know what why we buy a hundred thousand uh, machine set up for for the office which probably only two persons gonna drink and everyone else is happy you know with three in one right um so that conversation kind of evolved uh, into okay, let's do let's, let's start off something you know at, like a business like a cafeteria, coffee place, cafe. Okay, maybe a bit of pastry. As we discuss, you know, it, it get evolved more. So you okay. Let's from pastry, let's do this brunch thing. Um, yeah, so we started off more or less with that footing. Like um, at the time. I don't have a number, but I will say maybe five or less kind of like brunch places in KK. Probably less than five. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we, we, because of the, the, the partner I had, um, you know, Jimmy, he's, uh, his background is in, in kind of like fine culinary, um, he studied in the UK, um, knew my brother first before I, I, I knew him actually. Um, and he came into the picture late. Right, he came with a picture towards the end um, of us starting uh, um, executing the project. So when he came in and knowing that what he could do, we wanted to say, okay, let's do it different. Like let's let's do it properly. You know, what I mean, let's let's really bring something different to, to KK and let's not just you know look around and see what's everyone doing, and we start. From scratch, you know, we we we, do, we did the menu and we kind of like right, bring new techniques and new elements of brunch into the outlet, um, where you know it's, it's, it's in view of it, um, hoping that you'll progress the industry. Um, and I I, I believe we did. I I believe. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely set out to achieve. Um, I mean, we we achieved to set. To we achieve what we set out to, 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 to accomplish. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a very fast seven years, uh, for Delphi. Um, and we took, uh, I, I, I like to think that we took a lot of risks for the industry. You know I mean? And at the end of the day, um, it's a industry game, you know, um, what kind, you, of, what kind you of, of risk are like, you uh, talking
1: about? Like food or like people's perception? Like oh, you're scared if you do this, people won't be able to receive it as well as a brunch spot? Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, yes uh, yeah, because, you know, it's very easy for, for people to judge the community they're in, especially when you're part of it. So when you ask friends around or, or people who are in, KK, right? And I shared my idea I was like, oh, are you sure Kiki is ready for this? Like maybe KK not ready for this. And so it's, it's not it's, ready it's for so what? Easy, like know?
1: a fine dining technique in the cafe scene.
0: Uh kind of, kind of. Like like we we introduced like not I won't say enough, pro- I'm not sure whether we did, but probably one of the early that used it, like Suvi. Matter so a lot of like technical now is everywhere. Like now you go to every cafe, everyone is sous- <laughs> sous- <laughs> a whatever. Yeah. Um, and, but like back in 2014, uh, definitely in KK, the one was like, What's a souvenir ache? Like, not many people know what even a souvenir egg was, right? Mm-hmm. Is right. Um, and we kind of bring that in so. It's part of and, and suji chicken, right? And we, we did like suji chicken dishes. And we have people that are you sure or not? You know, Kiki people need to be very cooked, one, You know, when inside, you know, got the thing, uh, they complain. uh, you know all this. Um, so it was a uh, difficult, but but you know, it, it is what it is. Delphi is one of it, it's is a playground for us. We do what we feel like doing, and in view that this is the progression of the industry, we as we know it. And we just wanted to like take that risk and say, okay, if nobody does do it, we're going to do it and take that opportunity to educate, I guess, the community. And also, yeah, because uh, even financially it's a lot of risk because these things are not, I mean, now probably cheaper, but at that time, some of these equipments are really expensive. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, you can't get your money back and for what you need to charge probably people are not willing to pay, you know, because the how the financial works is that you know you have certain investment put in. Um the obviously the price point would reflect, you know, certain techniques, certain equipment that you use. And everyone was charging like I was say less than 20 ringgit brunch meals and, and uh obviously I was a bit higher. But it's not so much it's not so much the price point and positioning. I think it's really, Delphi, in a nutshell, it's really a, 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 um, a space for us to really bring the industry forward. Huh? And I think we, we definitely achieved that. Yeah. Or at least I like to think we have achieved that. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, what, what I hear from you is that there were a lot of people who said, "Ah, you can do it, people won't be able to accept this. But yet you guys pushed through, right? And in the end, would you, you, you call this a, a success?
0: I won't say that bothered me a lot actually um, from the restart I I, I, I mean we, we do consult with friends don't get me wrong but we somehow were very convinced what we wanted to do and so that was very not part of uh, the influence that that causes to think twice or whatever um, but the risk was there definitely the risk was there so, uh, not th- this, this like mindset of philosophy is what I think we, we kind of also have until today. And I think it's to some extent, quite a healthy mindset and quite, I think it's fortunate that, uh, we also are able to, to, to financially back that mindset. And this mindset is this, um, uh, you know, when, when we started the project and th- this applies for anyone in business, are you, people are listening, if you're not in FMB, um, uh, I guess this could apply to you, you know, and it, Talk about this being a human business, people business. It's about people that's around you, right? Um, yes, you might start a project or a business without too much certainty on the business, right? You maybe you're taking a bit of risk, and maybe that risk is weighted off to a more of a riskier side, right? Um, and our my, my my personal mindset is that okay, I'm willing to take that risk. Not because of money, right? Um, not because I'm a risk taker. Obviously, not. I'm an engineer. I right? I'm really scared of like I'm risk. Really, I'm really scared of high risk item, right? I risk everything, right? Um, but simply because I know that the people I'm with, we have what it takes to improve it along the way to change it up. First of all, we we we, we I mean, I'm confident our team. We know what it takes to first be aware and of the issue. You know, if the business is facing an issue, we need to be, you know, to 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 kind of humble ourselves and say, hey, look, this was the wrong move. We got to fix this, right? And so that's the first step. You need to acknowledge that this is a miscalculated move, knowing that the risk, but we, we took the risk, but now, okay, it's a miscalculated move. Um, but the second part is more important, is that I know that the team we have have what it takes to fix the problem. And that is what drives certain confidence um, within. So the team is very important. The idea is not very important. The actual execution, like sometimes, even up to today, we talk about menu items as we change the menu. Right? People, ah, this one cannot sell. Eh, it's okay. Menu is this item in the menu. Right? Just take the risk. Um, uh, to even bigger risk items like renovation. Like when we do a renovation, like okay, this, um, maybe not creating the vibe we want but I know that we have what it takes to acknowledge that, okay, the vibe is misaligned. And we also, you know, kind of like can calibrate that. Um, yeah, I think it's a very healthy mindset. Um, obviously there's a lot of factors of people of financial, um, but it's important that, you know, you, you, you are, you are aware of the risks that you're taking. The worst is that you're confident of a decision, not knowing the risks and the, the, the um, so-called failure takes you by surprise, then you're not prepared for it, right? But if you know the risk and you're taking it and if it fails, it's okay because if you calculate the risk and you know that there's a high probability that it's going to fail, but it's a collaborative decision to take that risk and if it fails, nobody gets blamed. right? You say, okay, it's fine. We decide this together. It fell, our bet, right? We, we miscalculated as a team and now let's fix that. So I think this is is what keeps us going and keep us strong as a team now, I like to think. Yeah.
1: Well right. That's some really solid um statement right here. I, I, I love it. Um, um how how do you know that it's time to close a chapter for Adelphi? And okay. I think this applies for That's any other question, business. Yeah.
0: Uh okay, let's before we talk about that. We, Actually, there's a lot of things. Uh, there's there's one project a lot of people don't know. Like we have we have a Fiat case before, um, and this restaurant we opened in twenty twenty eighteen, quite recently, yeah twenty eighteen, and um, we opened this up this this uh, cafe, um, and the 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 concept behind it was. Um, something like chatterbox. I'm not sure you've, you've been to Singapore chatterbox. It's um, it's a it's a it's basically the atas hawker food lah, right? So we're trying to elevate like bakute, chicken rice, and nasi lemak. Not like Madam Guan, right? Not like 30 ringgit or something, but like, like slightly nicer in the office area CBD. Uh, um, I think we're selling about 20 ringgit or something like that. There about. And, um, and long story short, uh, it was a flop. Man. It was a flop. Um, not the product. I think the product, I still miss the product today to And a lot of friends telling me that they missed the product. product was good, but somehow it was a miscalculated um, business. The business itself was miscalculated. Like we had a full house for lunch, right? We had everyone coming in for lunch. People had to queue. But the numbers were not adding up to cover certain of the rent, the cost and all that kind of thing. So
1: you got you're um, saying that you're not charging enough to cover the cost, even though it was packed.
0: I won't say we're not charging enough. No, I won't say we're ch- not charging enough. I think we didn't have enough. Uh, we, we didn't have a concept that people would want to go to throughout the day, if that makes any sense. So we, um, as a business uh, with that, that, kind of overhead, right? We couldn't have like a peak lunch and that's it. We need a crowd pre-work hours, like for breakfast, they come in up before work. And we need like post and tea time, people to come in to tea and you know to 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 drink whatever. Um and we need a dinner crowd. And because the space was not that big, right? And and we only had that lunch crowd. So uh, uh, for the rest of the day is completely empty. Um, so and, and there was a few other factors. Uh, you know we we our processes were very really long. You know, um, like some of these good hawker food um, around Malaysia or Singapore, they're very specialized to chicken rice. You know, it's, it's chicken rice. But if you start to do too many items, your processes become, you know, your 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 team becomes very big and you. Or you you shorten the process and you might suffer a little bit on quality and you know people. Anyways, um, it was a flop uh, and we closed it within nine months. And uh, it was it was a painful lesson. I think we learned a lot from that exercise. Um, and you know, it, it, it was it was one of that. Uh, humble, pure, you know, um, what I said like five minutes earlier of knowing my team that can collaborate to save salvage back. And that was when I found out that actually not everything can be salvaged post, um, post journey. Right. And these are things that we, I, I kind of like understood and learned that, okay, these are things that no matter how good your team is, um, is the fundamental concept of the business is flawed, and if the fundamental concept of the business is flawed, to want you if you want to salvage it, it's more or less like reinvesting, more or less like a new business. You're starting over, right? Means you re- go into some form of renovation, new equipments, new process of of food and all that. Um, so we 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 knew that from like three four months in tried a few ways to salvage, couldn't salvage, and we pulled a plug. Lesson learned, Pull a plug. And yeah, we, we we learned a lot from that. But Adelphi is slightly different. Um, Adelphi closed, in fact, on a very high note. Like Adelphi, when we closed, on um, the final month of closing, we hit the highest we have hit the last seven years. Like, um, we were we're doing really well. Uh, I was quite happy with 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 financially what we were doing. Um, but as we reflect back, Adelphi has never been about that. You know, Adelphi has always been progressing the industry as I mentioned earlier. And I think Adelphi uh, kind of has reached that limit of being able to progress the industry. And if I if I look into one other limitation, and it kind of evolved around the space that we had, now. you know. Um, it was it was designed, um, quite. uh, It's quite limited to the things we can change, and and if we if obviously we could do nothing, and we'd be fine, you know, financially. But okay, um, and I was quite happy actually. Uh, but you know, the 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 intention and the essence of Adelphi is not not. It's not fulfilling its original intention, and I feel like okay. that was something that was important to me beyond financial. Um, so I talked to the team and I said, "Look, it's seven years in; it's full circle. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, those people who are Christians, will understand. Mm. Like seven, seven is a very important number um, in 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 in, well, in, in Christianity, definitely in some religion as well. And I feel like it's come full circle." Um, and I wanted, you know, this new brand uh, to to kind of like come back to its original intention to progress the industry. So, we had a meeting and said, "Look, Adelphi needs to know what it is, and if we don't, you know, um, converge now, if, if, if we don't, if we don't uh, change this now, if we don't end a uh, so called so called end Adelphi in a high note." when else do you end it right? You mean you end it when it's low? Like like you know, you end it as, you end it as when you're when you're back at the bottom or what? You know so the way uh it was narrated and the way that I I look at it, I think everyone everyone was on board. I think everyone was behind that decision. And um, yeah we ended on a high note. I'm very happy how how the chapter has closed. We have a exciting new project coming in uh, for the space. It's the same it's the same people behind it, right? But it's it's a new tools. It's a new it's a new platform for expression. Yeah. Of, of what, what what we were supposed to do in the first place. Yeah.
1: That's so beautifully said. I also think because um you can do this because you have a vision already in the beginning when you start the business. It's not like okay, let's just see how it goes, let's just flow with it. But you know what you want, you set an intention and when you have arrived, you know what? Let's go team. Let's create Adelphi 2.0. And yeah. I think yeah. wow, wow, that's very, very impressive. Let's talk a bit about the food culture, the food scene in Sabah. Um, what is it like and any thoughts on it?
0: Uh, okay, I think um, from the business point of view, I mean, I I, 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 as you know, I like to travel. I travel a bit um, and I still feel... Sabah is, has the highest, hardest uh, climate for, for business, especially in hospitality. It's really like, we really got a short end of the stick um, in the whole geographical and economic situation, right? So I'll break it down briefly, right? Like everything uh, we can get uh, in Sabah comes through some, you come through KL, Singapore, whatnot. Um so everything you get is in KL. We get it more expensive, but easy like twenty, thirty percent. Uh rent is catching up. So people say, Oh yeah, you your increase is more expensive, but your rent is cheap. Not really. Like rent is catching up as well. Um mm. if you check it out, property in prices in, in Saba or in KK specifically, not Saba, in KK specifically, is as high as KL. As high. You know what I mean? Uh and in certain areas even even if, I I would dare to say in general maybe even higher. Like if you get if you have a budget of like say say I I I mean I mean property so, uh if you have a budget of like half a million ringgit to buy a property it's quite a lot of good decent choices for you to get in in Clang Valley right half a million ringgit you, you go to KK probably two handful of projects for you to choose from or like not either they are very small units. Not the not not the best location, etc. But um, it is what it is. You know, construction is the same. Material is. Uh, I won't go into it. But in general, everything is um, is is quite high cost wise in in Sabah. But the cost is not the issue. We also have less um, people with disposable income. You know, what I mean, we have very wealthy people. Yes, people always like say, "Oh, Sarawak, you have a lot of wealthy people." Yes, the top whatever percentage is like they are ridiculously wealthy. Right. But that's not where the business is at. Right. You're talking about your, your FNB. You're not just doing to feed like the 50 families or whatever, who are the top people. Right. Um, and the general people, they just don't have that type of disposable income, uh, to, to kind of like have a certain lifestyle or to enjoy. Um, so it's difficult very, very, very difficult to do to do business in 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 Sabah. Um, but as a cultural point of view, food culture point of view, I think it's very interesting. I think uh, every uh, I think there's a longing. Uh, I think because of the deterrent of businesses to come in, right? A lot of um, franchises or even FnB players in KL, even they 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 want to come to Sabah once they hear some of this hurdle. They decided not to, right? Um, but because of this um how's it uh regression of the food scene, there's that longing, you know, for something different. So when it does happen and it hits the the mark, right, and it's 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 price point, it's the concept, it would do well. People, people are very welcoming. Uh, for new concepts in Sabah, so it really drives you to innovate. Like how to make your operations slim? How to, you know, create uh to to, to nail to 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 nail the the spots. You know, what I mean, yeah. So for Sabah, I strongly encourage you know anyone who is thinking of doing FMB in Sabah, you should definitely cautiously consider <laughs> KK. But we would love to have you. Like even in the business. Uh, we are an industry as a whole, right? We need to grow the industry and whoever's interested, you know, we really welcome you, yeah.
1: Um. Prior to this interview, we've met once uh, to talk about, um, you know, to hear more about your story and I really liked what you said about entrepreneurs in Sabah. You spoke about how everyone in Sabah wants to become an entrepreneur <laughs> and no one yes. really wants to work. So you guys, like manpower and all, it was kind of
0: like yes. a challenge. So, so yeah good point yeah so yeah because of that i think most people in sabah right if they do come back uh, as a professional um there's two things uh, i think i think there they, they are people who, who there as professional because of family and whatnot um but there's a big group of people that given a choice to if they come back by choice right um most of them will come back with an entrepreneurial mindset okay i'm going to come with Exaba and i'm going to start this thing um and because of that we have a lot of young um, businessmen and businesswomen um which i i'm definitely in favor for, right and uh yeah so it, it, most most people that that previously in a different city, and they choose to come back. Um, that definitely is, I won't say 100 percent, I'll say maybe a good portion of 80 90 percent. Right? If they do come back from the city, either a family business they're helping up, or they'll you know create some sort of um, small business for themselves. And I think it's very really healthy, and it's, uh, and and it's, it's, it's something that's very really unique where, you know, the community in Sabah is quite entrepreneurial. Like we have a lot of people, it, it, big and small, you know, I have like, um, we, I also have like staff that, that, you know, in, in in a good way, left us, um, whether it's in the restaurant business or whatnot, they left us, Hey, I'm going to start my clothing company. I was like, Oh man, this is awesome. You know, definitely behind you. Um, and all that. And, and anyone can be a businessman, you know what I mean? And it's not like in a city, right? Like i was talking to some friends in, you know, like, oh, you know, I want to start a business, but I need to secure that funding and stuff. I was like, no, like you just start a business. Just start it like, you know, there, there is a small way of doing business with limited finances, right? If you don't have a big financial backing, it doesn't mean that that's the end of the road. Cause Saba is a good testimony. Like people just do business without anything and a lot of them has done a great job yeah so that's kind of like um, the entrepreneurial kind of like uh, community that we have in in, in
1: what are some beliefs you hold on to when doing business or just life in general
0: I think personally it's probably a personal thing like I I cannot sit still right so um not physically. I'm not I am not say physically. I mean physically too. Like, I'm I'm a very <laughs> outgoing person, yeah, like, yeah. But but if the business is mundane and it has no room of progression, I usually like talk people out of it. Like, you know, if if you were to do a business and it's very mundane and routine and there's no sense of growth, opportunity, um, although the money is good. It may not be worth your while in the long run, um, so. But most businesses have growth avenue. It's a matter of whether you can capture it or not, or whether you 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 are aware of it, right? So as a, so definitely in and FMB. That's why I'm 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 quite excited for the industry. I think FnB has is is such like like growth is kind of like a necessity in yeah. fmb right if you yeah. don't grow you're going in backwards in life. <laughs> it's very simple yeah yeah if you don't if you, it's like covid right like it's just that disappear right are people that kind of like don't they they either don't have to know how to evolve or they don't have the finances to evolve right um but if you stay stagnant Unless, you know, you you have like unlimited funding, that's a different story. But for most uh, businesses, you know, if you don't bend, you break, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So I, I, I think for me is when I look at new business opportunities, when I look at new projects, when I look at a uh, new industry to consider, um, or even, um, cities to expand, like li- lately I've been talking to my team on expanding beyond Kiki and all that, like this is a big factor, like if we go into this city, what's our upside um, growth potential, um, not in terms of finance, finances, but in terms of the company as a whole in terms of the know-how, are we learning new things as, growth? you know, growing can be a lot of expect, right, it can be not financial, is just one small part but are you are we growing as a team by being here by working with this person, by venturing into this business or this this industry? I think that that's that's definitely important for me.
1: Yeah. Any advice for people who are looking to start their own business?
0: <sighs> okay, the best the the best easiest way to make money from FMB. I talk about FMB only. Yeah. I, yeah uh the easiest way to make money from F B is to not do it. <laughs> 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 I I mean jokes joke aside like, jokes Um and it's kind of true. Like people think like F B is like bragging rights or it's like easy money. You know, it's not like I mean I'm sure uh you have heard it before F and B is definitely not and is it really is it it really isn't. If you are if you're in FM for money, you are in the wrong business, 100 percent Right? If you're in FMB for money, you're definitely in the wrong business. But um obviously there's the there's the um uh concepts of franchising, right? So franchising arguably not F and B business. Franchising is like a supply chain business. If you really look at it, if you really look at how franchises work, what is McDonald's and all this it is a uh, kind of like a supply chain business rather than FNB business. Um, in general, I will say that uh, I think you still need uh, no, okay. a general advice um, for people going to be not just FNB. Uh, um, and if you're doing this uh, um, so-called business as like a main business, right? I'll say that never go into a business um, for financial uh, means or for financial reason um, based on passion. I'm not sure whether that makes any sense.
1: Wow. So you um, mean like, if you're passionate about something and you try to make money out of it, don't. But I thought a lot of businesses are start like this. I love food. I'm passionate about food. Let me start no. a restaurant and then I become
0: yeah.
1: like the ne- next Shake Shack, you know?
0: No, 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 no. So if you like food, like this, this is my secret to you: find a job that earns you a lot of money, and then use that money to enjoy food, right? So that's that's the best. That's way what you're doing advise. now. Don't don't <laughs> don't start don't start a restaurant because you like food. That's like the worst advice anyone would give, right? If you love food, find a good paying job, pays you well, whatever. Enjoy the this food. Is like, go and eat what's, out. What's, what's a cool job now? Like tech tech company. Go work for Tesla or whatever. And, uh, or, or work for like investment bank and, and use that money to enter food. Yeah. Seriously. That That's that's probably like a better advice. Um, but I, I guess it's the same like any other business, right? Passion and, uh, I'm not sure what's the correct way to phrase it. I, I, I think passion can sometimes blur your kind of like, critical business decision. like if you need to make a decision, right. And you're driven by passion. Sometimes passion can blur the lines of like what a good business decision should be. Um, like my chicken rice shop is a great example. I love eating chicken rice. Right. So if my decision is like, by cook or by cook, let's find way to salvage it because I love eating this chicken rice. Right? That would be like the worst decision because we'll be making loss every year until, until now. Right. So um, you need a sound mind, all right? You need a when you run a business, you need a very sound mind and whatever that blurs um, the, the thinking process for you to be, to have a sound mind, you need to take that away. So passion sometimes can be that family is another one. Sometimes family can be that bloodline, you know, you make a decision business wise because your, your family is in the is in this equation. Um it some people don't have the choice. Some people because of family, they must make a business decision, right? Um, that's that's a different context. But if you have the freedom to really decide, um you have to take some of these factors away. Because this is very um it it, 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 it can be it, it, you know you it, you'll blur your decision process. Yeah. So I guess my advice is just make sure that a passion is passion. If you have a passion project, know that it's a passion project and it's not your sole breadwinner. You know, it's not your main income. It's like your your your, your toy or your your hobby or a side project. It may it may come up to be a very big business, you, you never know. But entering into it, um you know, if if um uh last illustration, I I, I think this is a good one. Like okay, if I enter into the f business, right? And I quit my job, my day job, my family job, right? And I was like, okay, family, I'm done. You guys do you, I do me. Um, definitely, we will not be where we are today because, you know what I mean? Um, that kind of like uh, family backing, whether it's financially or whatnot, give you the extra confidence to take certain risks and give you the confidence to, to think soundly but if all your money is in the in the, in the pot right and and you have you know you 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 win or die, you know kind of like this business or this decision, um, that would definitely cloud your decision because you' are thinking on money, you're thinking like, okay, this I must do this or else we run out of money kind of thing. Um, and if it's a a, a, a real like you you are relying on this business, You don't want to have that scenario because you are not necessarily making the best decision, you're making the financial decision for that given point of time. Right. But it may not be the best decision for the company in the long term, long story short, if it's a passion project, know that it's a passion project and, and that will clear your head to, to make a better decision. Yeah.
1: Roy, really thank you so much for your time today. I couldn't think of a better guest to end season three. Um, You're so down to earth when we met. Uh, I I really, um, when you speak, I really gravitate towards you and thank you so much for sharing your insights today. Um, I think there's some sound advice but very scary one as well. Like, you are passionate, but <laughs> don't try to make money out of this fashion. <laughs> Go find a job. But I think these are all very, like you
0: practical, know, practical, practical like
1: yeah. um advice. Uh, again, thank you so much. I'm so happy you are here with us today.
0: Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: You have just listened to Foodie Canteen. This show is produced by me, your host Castle Lim, and co-written by Sulin Chiang. Foodie Canteen Podcast is made possible by the amazing team at Good Foodie Media. Check us out on Instagram and YouTube at Foodie Canteen for more. Follow us for brand new episodes every Friday. See you next week.